back in the basement, boiler and all. Welcome back to the Jappy Jaws podcast. It is your hostess with the mostest, the jappiest of some of them all, Lindsay Moraskin, with another episode of your favorite fucking podcast, Jappy Jaws. New drinking game every single time I say Jappy Jaws. Take a sip of whatever you're sipping on. Tequila, Capri Sun, you know the fucking drill. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Galentine's Day, everybody. Whatever you are celebrating, and if you're celebrating both, amazing. Just know that you're my Valentine and my Galentine because I do love you all so very much. Episode 19, Stupid Fucking Cupid. Are you ready to go? You know what? I know Valentine's Day. Some people don't celebrate. Some people do. You know what? I don't really think that there needs to be a specific day to tell the people you love most, your mom, your dad, your situationship, your dog, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, how much you love them. However, take this as your sign to give them a little bit of extra loving today than you would any other day. But make sure you're showing that you love and appreciate them every single day. I don't want to discourage that. (laughs) But hi guys, I hope you all are doing well. I missed you all in the five days that it's been since we last spoke. You know that's how I always feel. I am so beyond excited for this week's episode. You are in for such a treat with the Moral Hangover podcast coming up. Also, if you have not already followed them or listened to their podcast, we just did a collab on their podcast this past week. It came out on Monday. I joined them for their phone a friend segment and we talked about all things Bachelor, bullying, what we think the season has ahead. So much fun. I can't wait to collab with them again. Make sure you go check that out at the Moral Hangover Podcast on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So make sure you guys go do that so you can listen to me and listen to them some more. Before we jump right into that, we got to catch up. We got to talk about all the things going on, which really isn't a lot, but I have to, you know, make some time for just you and I. Some loving quality time if you're catching my drift. Before I go any further, I want to make sure you guys are always staying up to date with all things Jappy Jaws. So make sure you are following Jappy Jaws on Instagram at J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W-S as well as my personal at Lindsay Anya, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y. And make sure you are subscribed and following and liking and reviewing and commenting and rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and beyond. So I wanted to give you guys a little update to start off with, you know, jumping in right in deep. I had mentioned last week that I have decided to give up desserts for the month of February, and I wanted to let you know how it's been going since then. I'm not going to lie. It does feel like I'm going through some withdrawals. I miss cookies. I miss cookie dough. My mom bought like this chocolate looking muffin. I don't even know what it is, but I couldn't even look at it because I was so like reaching to get it. And let me tell you, everyone in my house is a phony. All right. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my sister. I love my grandma, but they are such bad instigators. I'd be like, oh, I really want a cookie right now. Oh, I want a brownie. Oh, I need chocolate. Like I need sugar. And they're the ones encourage me. They're like, why don't you just go have it? The other day, my mom's like, just go get one. I'm like, you people don't want me to succeed to you. I am being held accountable by the Jappy Jaw family. I will not let them down. I am going to do this. Plus, I also do see kind of a difference so far in my body. Like, I definitely have been eating more of my meals and definitely been feeling a lot stronger and more energized. However, not as much as I usually do when I have a little scoop. Okay, maybe not a little scoop, but like a generous scoop of cookie dough before I work out sometimes. My roommate makes fun of me that I use that as pre-workout because I've run out of them. But what I'm saying is I am doing great. I cannot wait for my dad's birthday so I can indulge in some good ass bakery birthday cake. He's also requesting that baby Yoda be on this cake. Do not ask me why. This man has been hiding a baby Yoda doll around my house and every morning I wake up to baby Yoda in a new place. It's super cute. He's very nerdy. I love him for it and he just, you know what, he marches to the beat of his own drum and if the man wants baby Yoda on his birthday, 
birthday cake, the man will get Baby Yoda on his birthday cake. But I will be eating part of Baby Yoda because I cannot wait to fucking have it. However, I might continue this trend next month because I haven't been able to really settle down and pick something else that I'd be willing to give up right in this moment. And I do see the changes. Maybe I won't be as strict. Who knows? I'm going to figure it out. But right now, I like the pace that I'm going. I am honestly shocked that I've been able to do such a great job at it. For those of you that are not Jewish, I know a lot of you do observe Lent and I know you give up something for Lent. I know my roommate once gave up sweets. People I know have done that as well. And that's for like 40 days. Us Jews, when we have Passover, we give up bread for I think it's 10 days. I don't know. I got to double check with my rabbi. You know what I'm saying? I give you guys so much credit because there's so much that really goes into it. So much thought. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're doing or eating these things. So So I don't know. But as of right now, we might be going on a two month streak of maybe having desserts once a month. Once again, you all are keeping me accountable and I am sticking to my word. I will not go against anything and I am not going to have any dessert till February 20th, my dad's birthday, where we can indulge. And then right back on track it is. I also have something I want to ask you guys. Recently, I don't know what the hell has been going on. I don't know who's wrestling with me in my sleep because every day for the past, I want to say week, I've been waking up to scratches all over my body. That sounds a little dramatic and it's going to start to sound a little scary. So fair warning. It's not all over my body, but on my chest, on my back, on my arm a little bit, I'll wake up and there's scratch marks on me. And I don't have long nails to begin with. I don't know if this is like some spiritual thing or if anybody has had any other experience like this, please let me know because I'm starting to get a little freaked out because there's places on my back that I can't even reach with my hand. So it's a little alarming to me that I have these marks. I don't have a pet. It's not the clothes I'm wearing. I literally wear pajamas and t-shirts every single day. So I don't know what's going on. So if anybody has ever had a similar experience, I would love to know your thoughts and how I could, you know, overcome this. However, I do want to talk about jumping on people's backs. Haha, a little funny transition for you. So everybody knows people are kind of going after Kim Kardashian's throat this past week because she had posted a picture on Instagram of her daughter Northwest's artwork saying, oh my god, I am so proud of Northy. Look at what she did on a special oil painting, yada, yada, yada. It was beautiful. And I was like, what the heck? No way North made that. What is she, like seven? And people were really going ham on her saying, you are making that up, blah, blah, blah. Like honestly attacking her and attacking North's artwork I want to say, saying how it is truly impossible for someone her age, her size, and her capability to do something so much like Bob Ross. And then she kind of clapped back at everybody and started reposting and making fun of the people going after her. She was stating how you can come after me all you want. Press likes to make up their own versions of stories. People love to gossip. But when it comes to my children, that's where I draw the line. I will always stick up for my children and fight their battles harder than anything possible. And that's where I have so much respect for her. Like, yes, it's a silly little painting. If she painted it, if she didn't paint it, who cares the fact that it's so much of someone's talk when there's other situations, other celebrities to shed light on. I think it's a little ridiculous, but you cannot get mad at her for shaming back these people that are going after her and her daughter's work for being proud of her. She's choosing to share this with everybody. She's not choosing this to share with everyone for everyone to go shit on it. And I have so much respect for her because as a mom, you only want to do what is going to best protect your kid and have their best interest at heart. It's not like North doesn't know who she is. She is very well aware who her parents are. She knows she has privilege. She knows she has fame. You don't just walk out of your house one day and it be a whole new crowd of paparazzi. She obviously
obviously knows that she is a huge public eye figure and it's crazy that someone her age has become that famous and such a popular topic of interest but guess what everyone shut the fuck up it's a kid she cannot even speak for herself if you're a fan if you're not a fan whose business is it for you to go and judge this painting yes does it look realistic like i said probably not but there's no reason to just be like Kim, settle down. Like, don't be lying and taking someone else's credit in artwork. She did that little comparison of Kanye's artwork from when he was younger and around North's age to show that it's in the genes, which is great. Do I think that she could have potential artistic abilities like him and like Bob Ross? Absolutely. There's no reason to go and be like, you're such a bad mom and such a bad figure for posting and influencing people to think that she actually did that. Go suck a dick, honestly. If you have that much time in the day to worry about someone else's, child's artwork then you need to reprioritize yourself okay I just wanted to address that because it was really bothering me and I felt as if I had a duty to you all to stick up for my fam you know because I consider everybody that is a Kardashian family fan part of that family because we watch what they do all the time which also brings me to my next fact of I want to know what they're doing with Hulu because the final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians is around the corner and I'm getting a little upset and I know that they have this deal with Hulu but we don't know anything else and I need answers so Chris Jenner you know I'm coming after your brand but we can be civil we don't have to be enemies we can be allies so let's sit down and talk about this deal because I would love to know the world needs to know now I am going to go through this as fast as possible as smooth as possible for you all to better understand because I am trying my best for those of you that don't love Bachelor to condense this as much as possible but I just have to talk about it this week so this week on The Bachelor I think might have been my favorite episode episode of the season thus far. I felt like this episode didn't have as much drama as every other episode has really had. I mean, yes, we did end up seeing what happened with Jasenia and MJ and MJ went home. Bye bye mean girls. I felt as if that is where we were going to breathe a little lighter. We were going to take our energy elsewhere until Serena C opened up her mouth. Now, I don't want anybody else getting it twisted because there are two Serenas. Serena P who got the second one-on-one date with Matt and Serena C who has not yet had a one-on-one date. I didn't really love Serena C from the beginning just because I just wasn't seeing what she was doing to really grab Matt's attention. I mean, granted, we don't really see what the cameras are always getting, but I felt as if from what we're shown, we aren't getting such a drawing side of her. But then she opened her mouth and said, well, none of this would have happened if Katie didn't open up her mouth and talk about the bullying in the house. I'm sorry, do you want to live in a house full of toxicity? Like, do you want to live in high school? And then she kept trying to bring it up and opened her mouth and then tried to get all problematic when she was just telling the truth and then she went and lied about it to the other girls. I just did not like that and I feel as if even though MJ, Anna, Victoria, all the mean girls left, whenever we take 10 steps forward with that, we take 12 steps back and it just gets worse and worse and it's just a matter of time till it all blows up and that is just what we're seeing. But this week, we didn't really get that much of it. I want to talk about the one-on-ones. First of all, Piper. I love her. She's definitely in my top four now. I really liked her. I like her vibe. I liked her connection with Matt. I think she's kind of rushing into it a little bit much with saying that she's in love with him or that she's falling for him. I think he truly is afraid of how he feels with her because he actually has that connection with her than he does with any of the other girls. So that's why I think he didn't really engage in that conversation too much with her. But first of all, that date was my favorite date of all time. That is my dream date. If anybody took me to a carnival or an amusement park for a first date, any type of date, 
I would literally kiss them on the mouth and like do them in the bathroom there. I fucking love amusement parks. Truly was so romantic, well thought out. I mean, it's done by the producers, not Matt, but I just thought it was a great way to really see different sides of both of them and how they're going to interact with each other. And I'm just saying, if anybody ever decides to take me on a carnival date, I will kick your ass at whack-a-mole. My dad taught me well. And now Katie's date. Now, Matt, you did a very good job at only doing this for a one-on-one because had the entire group of girls been there, I think there might have been some issues with attention with you and attention with Tyler. I know that would have been the case for me. Katie, Vic, and I also talked about that a little bit. I just think that was such a funny date, but you could tell from the very beginning that as much as Matt loved Katie's vibe and as much as they were getting along great, they enjoyed each other's company, it was more of the, I like you a lot, you're a great person, but I like you as a friend. Which, like, of course, pulls the heartstrings. You wanted the best. Katie's been the good girl in all situations. We appreciate her standing up for what's right and for what's wrong and owning up to things. I think she's probably the most honest person Victoria Bruno honestly compares her to Caitlin Bristow all the time and as each episode has come and gone I see it more so but you can almost tell that was going to happen and it made me upset but we all know Serena's going to be skippity doodah skippity a next week when we see more of what happened with the rose ceremony and her being like oh well now Katie's gone and I have my time to shine honestly I think Serena's going home next week and if she doesn't I'm going to be a little confused I also need to point out and I don't want to talk about this any further Heather it is no secret that the only reason Heather is there is because of Hannah B but clearly a lot more thought and work went into it because they knew of the relationship between Hannah B and Matt so obviously Matt had known her they definitely haven't met but they've talked obviously FaceTime text DM whatever producers love that shit you gave her the minivan no way she just drives a minivan on her own I don't know any 20 something year old that really desires to drive a minivan unless it's their parents not trying to be harsh but I really don't know anybody but if that's your vibe that's your vibe do what you got to do I just don't buy the whole act of what are you doing here oh my god this changes everything I honestly don't think she's gonna make it past next episode because it is way too fucking far late in the game to develop this relationship with him the girls are there it would just be disrespectful to them and I don't think they deserve that added on pressure that added on feeling of the what if she didn't come I really don't have anything else follow me on Twitter if you really want my raw reactions or maybe ask Victoria Bruno from the moral hangover podcast or bachelorette Maria because I am just a whole fucking mess when I talk about it with them but I do want to leave you off with this about the episode and about people's reactions so I don't know if any of you follow Brett Vigara on Twitter he tweets like everything bachelor and is so funny has the best memes has the best comparisons and he tweeted during the show saying in hindsight we should have known her name was Meredith hashtag the bachelor and it's a picture of MJ on the left and on the right is Meredith from the parent trap and I was like oh my god I would never be that quick to think of something like that but this is what makes it like the ultimate kicker Elaine Hendricks who plays Meredith in the parent trap quoted the tweet and said how dare you I just thought that was absolutely fucking hysterical knowing that she's part of Bachelor Nation that she watches that her character is still being compared in today's day and age I just thought it was absolute golden and chef's kiss I'm curious to see how the rest of the weeks are turning up hometowns are right around the corner and I'm really curious to see who our final four is I really don't have a set final four I am really riding this one out raw dog in it like I don't know anything Victoria said she looked up spoilers and I was so close to saying all right just fucking tell me but I couldn't do it so maybe next week I might change my mind if there's too much drama too much crying I can't deal with it all anymore it's just becoming a little much for me That is all I have to say for Bachelor this week. I hope that was quick enough for you all because I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Now on to the good stuff. I give more of a formal intro, but just wanted to give a little extra 
little touch and flavor there. The moral hangover is finally here. I cannot wait for you guys to hear what we had to talk about. You guys are going to absolutely love them as much as I do. So please enjoy all that they have to offer in this next segment. You guys have heard me talk about them time and time again, and it was only a matter of time till they finally appeared on the Jappy Jaws podcast. Everyone, please give a warm welcome to the Moral Hangover podcast, Katie Dombrowski and Victoria Bruno. Thank you for having us. We're so honored to be here. You have such a good um, podcasting voice. I love that intro. Oh, really? Thanks. I've been working on it. I was practicing in the mirror before we got on here. (laughs) Were you actually? No. (laughs) I honestly kind of surprised myself just now. I was like, holy shit, where did that come from? Because sometimes when I record my intro, I do it like five times over. Same. Well, not actually same. Like I get nervous and then I just sound like an idiot. And then we just keep going with it. Recently, I've been quoting iCarly and being like, in three, two, I'm not Freddie. Like there's no reason for me to be doing that. I think it's nice to mix up. People love a countdown. People love to know what to expect with the countdown. Vic, since you're the producer and Katie is the host, do you give her a countdown? I don't. I'm just like, okay, ready? Let's go. Because we're always like talking before we start recording. And then I'm like, okay, let's get our shit together. Go. (laughs) Yeah, Vic keeps my shit in line. She really does. No, sometimes I need that when I'm recording because when it's just me, I'm like, okay. And if I'm in a bad mood, I have to call someone or I have to look at videos on my phone to like make me laugh so my voice gets a little, you know, chirpier. So it's nice when I have guests on and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? What's going on, girlfriend? You know? Also, it makes it feel more natural when you're having a conversation with someone versus when you're having a conversation with yourself. Totally. Like I can have a conversation in my head and I'm sure you guys can agree. And it's just talk within myself. Like no one can hear that. But when you actually go to do it out loud, it's like, oh. Fuck, this didn't sound the same as it did in my head. Definitely. And I think especially in COVID, having guests on, I smile after I talk to people on the podcast. I don't know why, but it's like that's the only human interaction I'm getting outside of work. <laughs> so it makes me so giddy. No, it's giving you some endorphins to work off of. And you should feel happy and smiley after you log off of the interview. It amazes me how you can just record an episode by yourself. I think it's because I'm crazy and because I have those conversations with myself in my head. No, like I'm pretty bad at like, I may be up there with you and I don't even think I could do it. I definitely have talked Vic's ear off time and time again. I'm like, okay, how do I do it? Blah, blah, blah. But literally the entire summer, I researched like crazy and listened to so many other different podcasts to kind of figure out how to start doing it on my own because most people have someone else there or someone looking. And at a time I did ask two of my friends if they would want to be a producer or like be there with me. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to rely on anyone else. I know I'm going to get it done on my own. So I might as well just fucking send it. Yeah, I would say the best thing about The Moral Hangover, not to toot her own horn, is I think Victoria's an incredible producer. She owns it. She's so timely. She always like gives me great deliverables and keeps us on a great track. And I think the thing that makes our partnership so unique is that I think we both have the same aligned goals of like what we see the podcast. And Vic, if I'm wrong, just chime in at any point and just interrupt me. (laughs) But I feel like we have the same goals and the same work ethic. So if she doesn't do something, like I'll do it and like vice versa. So I feel like we balance each other in that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we are total opposites, but at the core of like our values and everything, we're exactly the same. And that's why we work so well. You guys are always on the same page, I feel like, but you also have different perspectives. Katie's more of, okay, I want to go big or go home. And then Vic, you kind of bring it back down to earth to see yeah, if, like yeah. where you could bring it into, right? <laughs> Did she vent you about that? Because I'm like, let's do this idea. Let's do this idea. And then I'm like, hey, let's actually think about something that we can do that's within reach and within our scope of budget. Katie and I, when you are doing 
doing a podcast with someone or any business, you can't take things personally because Katie mm-hmm. could give me a great idea, but then I'm like, okay, well, logistically, realistically, all that stuff, can we get there? And if she like got insulted anytime I kind of shut things down, then this podcast would be nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sorry think if I'm a little harsh, job. Katie. No, 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 no. Vicky is definitely more realistic than I am. And that's fine because I'm I'm more of like an optimist. But I think the blend of it is good because we always are generating new ideas. And we're open to thinking about what are the possibilities if we do this? Or what if we do this? And we kind of hash it out. So I think that part works out really well. And also, I think we do a good job. This may sound so cheesy. We thank each other. Like, we always will be like, oh, like, oh I did this or, oh, I did that. And they'll be like, okay, thanks for doing that. Like, I think we recognize each other for doing something. So I think in a partnership, that goes a long way. Some affirmations, reinforcements type deal shit, right? Yeah, it's almost like we're dating, honestly. Like, we talk every single day, every hour of the day. And also because our lives overlap between podcast, friend circle, work. So there's always something to gab about. There always is. So the moral hangover is turning one in March? March 2nd, baby. Mark your calendar. Okay, so before you talk about what your goals are for the second year of the Moral Hangover podcast, give us a little insight of where the Moral Hangover podcast came from, how you came up with the name, how you guys met, really, and just all that goody-goody stuff. Take it away, Katie. Uh, I was like, do you want this one or do you want me to have it? The moral hangover honestly stemmed from my anxiety. I took a job post-grad. It was definitely something I studied in college, but it was a little more analytical than I think I was ready for. Still loved my job. I loved the company. But I felt like I was in a weird shift of my life. I felt like I came home from school. I went to school in Ohio. I had to remake all of my friends. A lot of my friends who were from home moved to New York. So it wasn't like I had my friends from high school here except for like one or two. So basically I had to rebuild my life. And while doing that, I was suffering a lot of anxiety because I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to be doing. I was crying all the time. Like I couldn't get it together. So I started seeing a therapist and I started seeing a psychiatrist. And they were like, okay, well, you have anxiety. And it's because you're having this huge life change right now. And you're trying to process everything. So that's where the name moral hangover came from because adulting to me was a moral hangover. It was like this idea that I kept replaying in my head and couldn't get out of my head. That's where that came from. But kind of how Vic and I met is we had a mutual friend who I previously interned with and I met Vic through this friend and then Vic and I ended up actually working together and we had the same orientation day. So that's kind of how our friendship outside of our mutual friend started. And I had this idea of doing a podcast for probably like a year or so. And I kept saying to Vic, I was like, I really think we should do this. I think it'd be so good. And we went through a couple of ideas where like, should we get a co-host? Should it be you and I? Should it just be me like talking? So kind of like fleshed every idea out and then the moral hangover happened because Vic was like, okay, stop bugging me. I'll just fucking do it if you shut up. So. (laughs) (laughs) And just some background. So Katie and I met our senior year from the mutual friend. And I think like the second time that I met Katie, so I didn't like really know much about her. She was talking about this podcast she wanted to start and she knew that I did temple talk and that I was interested and doing production type stuff. And just from background of what Temple Talk is, that's what Lindsay and I both did in college. Yes. Um, it's like a student run talk show. So I was already doing something like that. So Katie from the beginning was like, I want Victoria to be the producer. And I was like, so flattered. I'm like, Ooh, thank you. And that always like stayed in her mind. And then as we both started work and all that stuff started happening, Katie was trying to figure out who would be her co-host. I never really wanted to be a direct co-host. I'm like, just let me be the producer. And then finally, I think like last February, probably around this time, because Katie's been like talking about the podcast for a few months before this time last year. And then all of a sudden she's like, okay, we're going to set a date, March 2nd. And I was like, oh, oh shit, it's happening now. (laughs) 
like it's not just an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then she made an Instagram. She made a post. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening. It's happening. <laughs> and I think Vic like slightly shit her pants in the beginning. I think she was. I did. I, I think, did. 100%. I think we both were nervous of how to proceed and how people would take it and be like, what the fuck are these two girls doing? Then Vic started getting recognition when she was out. People would be like, oh my God, you do this podcast. It's so cool. It's this, it's that. And she was like, wow, we actually have something really good here. So I think that helped with both of our confidence a lot with still keeping it going. For sure. It was essentially like written in the stars that you guys were meant to meet. I mean, I guess so. No, I'm all about that fate shit. Honestly, like you had that mutual friend, you end up being at the same orientation. What are the odds of anything else happening? I mean, I think even if we didn't have the podcast, I think we still would have been friends just through work because we have like this little work click. So that would have still been there even if we didn't do the podcast. Now that I'm thinking, Katie, we both got hired around the same time. And I think, tell me if I'm wrong, you were supposed to start a week earlier. And I think I told you, no, I'm starting this date. Yes, and, and then I pushed it back. Push you back a week. So right. really, it's fate. I did forget about that. Yeah, because they were going to have me start before Memorial Day weekend. And I was like, why would I be starting? You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather have the whole weekend off than start exactly. and I have to go back. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. So yeah, you're right. That did happen. It truly was fate. So you guys should maybe have the year birthday episode of Moral Hanger be called fate. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe we should. I think Ooh. we should. I like the idea. You don't have to roll with it. I'm just saying. I will be listening, though. So okay. no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Bless. There's already a lot of pressure with the one year, but bless. I love that we have your support. I always support you guys. But I think what a lot of people get confused about, too, because I do talk about you guys so often, is how we know each other. So like Vic had mentioned before, we both did Temple Talk. So when I transferred to Temple, literally the first thing that I did was look up Temple Talk because I knew of a host that was once on it who is now affiliated with the Ellen DeGeneres show, Mr. Oh. Caitlin Allen. Yes. Wait, everyone says this girl's name. Everyone talks about this girl. Boy, and I, it's oh, a boy. a boy, a boy. Okay, sorry. I feel like I've heard that name so many times because he's like a claim to fame at Temple. I mean, like, he definitely isn't as big as like, you know how Saquon Barkley at Penn State is like a god because he's on the Giants now? Yes. Who the fuck is Saquon Barkley? I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Look him up right now while I'm explaining this. Now, I think I've heard the name. Should I like a couple of his posts and see if he slides in my DMs? I mean, he does have a baby mama. Oh, can't deal with the kid thing. Penn State people, in my eyes at least, like look at him as a god because, oh my God, he went to the Giants, blah, blah, blah. But if you said Kaylin's name to a business major at Temple or an engineering major, they'd be like, who is that? I knew who Kaylin was from watching Ellen and I love that he went to Temple because Temple, you don't really hear about that often. Literally like Dave Portnoy said in his freaking Barstool review, who knew Temple had a campus? I didn't even know about Temple till I was looking to transfer schools. I went in and one of Vic's good friends friends was in my sorority so I knew her and then I met Vic through her and Vic and I hung out a total of what two times yeah I think we hung out like once met up and then when I saw you guys start the podcast unfortunately I've never met Katie in person I'm sure if Katie and I were in person together I'd and went be scared out, for us I, I would be very <laughs> afraid too Victoria would end up being like a mom I feel like at one point or we're gonna have to take care of her someone's gonna end up taking care of someone else and it would just be a shit show so unfortunately I have never met Katie but I knew Katie from Vic because I I would constantly be in Vic's inbox on Instagram saying, so I love that you started a podcast. I'm trying to do my own. Tell me how to do it. And every day since I asked Vic a new question about it. No, and I honestly love your podcast page. I think the questions that you post on your stories are so like controversial in a good way. And I'm always giving you my opinion on whatever I think the topic is. How our relationship started outside of you and Vic was like, we just were internet friends who would message about 
whatever your topics were. Exactly. I feel as if, and I cannot stress this enough, when people make a podcast, and I think you guys can agree, everyone thinks it's just based on them. And yes, you want to be relatable. You want to talk about different stories and experiences that you've had yourself because you're the only person that can really tell them best. But you can't just make it about you. You need to make it more relatable that someone else is going to have something to say about it. If I put up a topic that, say, you liked or Vic liked, I'm going to be the annoying bitch in your DM saying, okay, why did you vote this? Okay, why do you feel that way? Because I want to make a podcast, and I think you guys do this too, where people can listen, take note, and take, I guess, charge of something or someone in their life and then roll with it. Otherwise, if you're just talking about yourself the entire time, just look in a mirror, honestly. True, true. And I also think people look at podcasts for comedy. Like, I think what the moral hangover and Jappy Jaws have in common is we're sharing these stories about ourselves that are relatable, but also it's funny. Like, it's, okay, my day's going to shit. Let me turn this on because I know I'm going to crack up. A hundred percent. And I also think it's a healthy balance that you can be funny. You can be talking about shit that happened to you this weekend. You could talk about a guy and shit on them. But then you could talk about things like I know for me, talking about my transferring experience was like a whole new ball game for me. Like it wasn't anything funny. It was serious. Uh, I just wanted to make it so, okay, I can go to listen to this when I'm in any mood. And I think you guys do a good job at that too. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think the hardest thing about podcasting is one, it turns into a therapy session sometimes. And then I forget that other people can listen to it. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm just pouring all this out here and all these people know this now. But at the same time, I think to myself, if my story can help someone in any type of way, then I'm happy because I want to be that support to someone. Like the most support we got on was an episode when Vic and I talked about anxiety and having anxiety at work. And people were like, I have this too. No one's ever talked about. Like to me, I was like, wow, like I'm happy we're having this conversation. Vic, how do you balance being able to produce and also give like the right amount of input when you're talking about these type of topics? You know, I think I'm still trying to (laughs) figure out the balance between it all. Vic's title may be producer, but she's more like a partner. Vic, yes, she does all the editing, but she also gives a lot of input and gives a lot of direction and sets a scene of what we're doing. And if I'm doing something where I'm going off real, she's like, okay, this is where we need to go with this. And then sometimes like I do give Katie credit. She writes the guest interview questions and all that stuff. And then we like meet together. We're like, okay, we like the format. And I think it's a lot of formatting since I'm like a very analytical person. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do it like this structured. We're going to start with an intro and then we're going to deep dive into this. And then we just roll with it. So I kind of like step out of the producer role when we're actually recording and kind of fill in as like a co-host or things like that. And then when we're not recording, I'm more of like the producer. I feel as if when you're doing that, you're not only juggling so many different roles, but you both are still able to come back together and be like, okay, this is how we need to approach it from here. And having those different perspectives, you're able to do so much more with the podcast that you wouldn't be able to do, say, if it was just one of you. And I think that's something that I lack too, because it's only just me. Yeah. But I will say for all of us, I think us having some sort of business background or communication background helps significantly when trying to pull something like this off. A hundred percent. Could not agree more. Because if I was a science major, I don't think it would be as easy. Like I think part of the podcasting world is you have to know a little bit about communications and you have to know how to make those friendships outside of the podcast so they can get people on the podcast. Like you just had Carly Weinstein, who's huge on TikTok. You know what I mean? So having those people skills is a huge part of it too. Absolutely. And I'm sure you guys can agree that sometimes your friends get excited about your podcast or they get excited about a guest that you're having that they almost want to come on and talk about something. Like in the beginning, I was kind of a little bit more lenient. Like I had some friends on that I liked what we were talking about, but I didn't need it that early on. But some people are just like, I want to come talk on the podcast, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, what do you want to talk about though? And they're like, I don't know. We had that a lot in the beginning. (laughs) I'm also kind of like a straight shooter, to be honest. I don't think people would ask 
asked to come on the podcast if they could read my vibe. That may sound really bitchy. I think a lot of, we had it in the beginning, but a lot of our friends know like we're interviewing people with huge followings that have a business or that have some established thing because we want people on the podcast who can gauge interest. For example, us having an Ask Nelly, a lot of our friends all Ask Nelly on TikTok. So she's the perfect guest to come on for us to interview her. For people who, if we bring on like a friend of ours, yeah, it'd be funny to share some stories and experiences once in a while, but I don't think it's something we could make into a regular thing because a lot of people don't know that person. So it's not going to drive interest to the podcast. And again, people have to remember like this is a business. Like that's how we're trying to grow it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So some people need to take it a little bit more seriously. So many people want you to talk about so many different things, but I think you need to have some sort of passion or experience behind it in order to get that point across. And when your friends are just like, oh, like it would be just so fun. It's just like it would be, but for us two, not for 200 people, 200,000 people. Well, it's also the game of unsolicited opinions. People will just give us their opinions left and right. And I appreciate it so much. You have to just be like, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'll look into this. But in your head, you're like, can you just leave me alone? I'm dead. No, I for sure understand what you're saying. For those of you that don't know because of the pandemic, Vic and Katie live in two completely different states. Vic's in New York and Katie's in Pennsylvania. But with the year of the Moral Hangover podcast coming up, we're going into, I guess, 2021 with it being a now year old. Where do you guys see it going this past year? Because within one year, you guys have just accomplished so much other stuff, had amazing guests on that literally other people that are quote unquote big time podcasts can't even get on. So what are your goals for the rest of the year? I just can't get over how such a good host you are. So I need some notes from you. What do you mean? But- <laughs> You're making me <laughs> I think Vic and I have been talking about kind of just turning it into a brand and having it be more than just the podcast and working on different collaborations, different businesses and different influencers and people who people are interested in. I think that's kind of what we're going for right now. I guess my goal and I make it very vocal, like I would love for Katie and I to get signed. I'd love for you to get signed to Lindsay. Hopefully all three of us do get signed <laughs> one day manifesting Hopefully. that shit for 2021. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, Rome. exactly. So being patient here. I mean, if anything comes from the moral hangover I'm just really happy with all the guests that we're getting because Katie's famous line is she likes to say ABN always be networking and at the end of the day you're also young in our career and when you have other guests on you're really just creating a network and meeting so many awesome people that you wouldn't if you just you know worked your nine to five and then went to bed each night I think also, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are working gals and I think that podcasting and people just think sometimes that it's just a hobby. I think you guys do too. I take it seriously. Like I think it's my job. It's a second job for me because we all want it to succeed. We want to get signed in the next year. We want it to take off somehow, some way. So instead of treating it like a hobby, which I mean, at a point it is, you have to set a goal for yourself that, okay, enjoy doing it, but hustle while doing it. Find your network, find your people like us three, like you guys have your own podcast. I have my own podcast. We are networking together. And I think also like speaking to that point, being supportive of other people have businesses. Like, yes, we're coming together mm-hmm. for a podcast and we have to realize when our niches are different. And, but if we ever want to collab and like, if we have a guest on, like, obviously we would recommend you and vice versa. I think being supportive of other people who have those businesses is going to create a lot of more opportunities than if you're just sulking to yourself being like, oh my God, I can't believe they have that. Like, I'm not going to collab with them. Like we have I'm going to throw a shade for a second. We have this one group of people who have a podcast and who constantly just like copy everything we do. And it gets to the point where it's like, honestly, you might as well just like say you know me because you act like you know me because you keep doing things I do. You know what I mean? Like I would more respect someone Mm -hmm. who is like, hey, I want to learn from you than someone who's just you know, Swallow take, your pride. Yeah, who's like taking things that I'm doing. I literally, and Vic can literally tell you because we talk 24-7, 
I am asking her questions every single day because yes, I do admire what you guys do. And I want to learn from people that I think are doing it better and how I can better myself at doing whatever it is. How do I follow up with an email with a guest? How do I find a better way to get a new reach on a post or something like that? When you're asking the right questions to the people, and I mean, you don't need to be best friends with them, but you have that respect for one another that you're just like, hello, what's up? Can you help me out here? Instead of just kind of stealing their thunder in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think Vic and I, we want to talk about this in another episode is like being your own advocate. Like if you don't reach out to that person, no one's going to create the opportunity for you. You kind of have to create it for yourself. And you don't know just from reaching out to one person what it can do. Like the worst they're going to do is say no. But the best thing is you're going to build a relationship like you build with Vic and you can be like mentor mentees to each other and learn from each other. Like Lindsay... Probably people don't know this, but Lindsay gave <laughs> the new mics that Katie and I have been using for season two. <laughs> Lindsay recommended, and I listened back to our season one audio versus now. And yeah, it's not perfect because doing virtual is still so difficult and a learning curve. But Lindsay, like, thanks to Lindsay, she's the reason we have better audio. <laughs> I and think that like, was my first message I sent to Lindsay was yes, exactly. And it just really, I think, helped us. And instead of us being competition, we're like girls supporting girls. And there's another podcast. Um, um, we had this girl on Sophia. She's Second Thoughts podcast. And mm-hmm. like for them, we had her on our podcast and then she started a podcast. And sometimes they'll message us and be like, oh, like, how did you get this video? Like, where do you record the best? And it's not a secret. Like, we want to help other podcasts out and we don't want it to be competition. But I also think when you go into helping someone or reaching out for advice, it has to be mutually beneficial relationship. It can't just be one yes. side taken from the other. Like, I think that's the biggest True. thing that I get turned off by is people reach out to me either for work or for podcasts and be like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And if you're not interested in me as a person or like you're not reciprocating it, it's like, why would I want to have a one-sided relationship? So I think going with the approach of like one, you're trying to be a friend with this person, but two, seeing like what you can do to help them too if they ever have any questions. Podcasting is literally going to change and take over the world. I mean, it already is. So many people resort to looking at podcasts on YouTube or listening to them in the car over music sometimes because it makes them feel like they're with someone. You want to be a friend to that person when you're talking to people. Why wouldn't you want to help aid what you're standing by, your career, because you are a podcaster Mm -hmm. and you want podcasts to grow even more so. So why would you hold back information for someone that's only going to benefit you too? Because guess what? If you're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you see the Moral Hangover podcast. It could suggest that other podcast, the Jaffy Jaws podcast. You know what I'm saying? Because other Otherwise, people are going to be like, oh, I ran out of episodes. Is there another podcast like it? Boom, you're able to find another one. It helps other people so much more than people would think. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And you know what's funny? So kind of going back to when you were saying this isn't just a hobby, like this is like a job, a side job for us all. It's a hustle. And the other day, my mom, she was like yelling at me. She's like, you're always on your phone. Like, why are you texting right now? I'm trying to talk to you. I'm like, mom, I'm in a business conversation with Katie right now. Like, we are talking I'm about screaming. graphics for the Instagram. Do you want to see our brand grow or not? <laughs> <laughs> I need an assistant at this point. And I always think, I've already said to Vic, I was like, we need an intern this summer. Like, I can't do it all. Um, and then, I mean, I'm also just like a lazy bitch. But today I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I really need an intern because like you think about it as a second job and you're trying to juggle, okay, social life, friends, working out, family. There's not, I feel like when you put everything together, you only can take like a couple slices of the pie. You can't have it all. So I'm like, if I had an intern or an assistant and they could just do the things on the side that I need done, then I'd be able to accomplish it all. I mean, in a dream world, honestly, I would love an intern myself or an assistant. A, I cannot afford that right now. B, I think I need to learn more too. That's my whole thing. As much as I want to have someone else do something else for me, I do want to be able to have control. And I think that's another Capricorn thing. And Vic, I don't know if you agree with this. 
Maybe it's actually an earth sign thing. I like being in control. Like I like having leadership positions. I like doing it myself instead of someone else because if it's benefiting me and it's a reflection on me, I'm the only person that's gonna do it right and have it be to my standard. I'm the exact same way as you is I'm a middle child. So I'm literally the only one who gets shit done in my family. And my mom and I, my mom's also a middle child. We always say, if you don't do it yourself, it's not gonna get done. You would get along great with my mom. My mom's the middle child. I'm sure we would. <laughs> Aside from all the success that moral has had, we are also 20-something-year-old girls going through life and we are going through a pandemic. Clearly, it's not the greatest thing. Like we were just saying, it's hard doing things virtually when maybe a year ago you guys were recording in the same place or I could have met up with you in Philly at some point and we could have sat down and had an entire conversation about what we want to see our podcast go like. So I want to know what life for post-grad for both of you, whether that be in your relationships, your friendships, your jobs, your family life, like what are things that you've realize. I think the whole adulting is a learning experience. Like I didn't feel comfortable with myself for a good year post-grad because I was so wrapped up in what everyone thought about me. And Mm -hmm. just like everyone's opinions, I was just so wrapped up in. And I think the podcast was like a source of confidence for me because this is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be on camera. And it made me think, okay, if I can do this, I can do like anything that I put my mind to. So post-grad, I think one, you really learn who your true friends are. You learn because yeah, you have friends in college to go out with, but you realize who are your friends that check in on you the ones who actually Amen. care about you from a day-to-day basis. And also I think you learn that like, yeah, you may have friends, but a lot of times you'll only text your friends like once or twice a week because like you're busy, you're working. Like it's not like you can be on your phone all day, video chatting, FaceTiming. And I also think you start to realize which of your friends you're going to grow with. I think you mm-hmm. learn which of your friends are still like caught up with just like drinking and like doing that, which like, yeah, that's fun. And I love going on. I love having a good time. But I think you find your friends who have the same values as you and who, okay, I want to grow a business. I want to do this. I want to do that. And that's kind of what I've seen my circle evolve to is people who are like driven and have similar ambitions. So I would say that's my long-winded answer of how 20s is. And I think also if you're dating, always date older. I think the younger, not younger, but like I've dabbled with like 25-year-olds. I'm 24 now, 24, 25-year-olds, and they're not ready to settle down. So if you want a boyfriend, you need to go older. And I also think you may have to go uglier too. All right, fair enough. Vic, what do you think? I would say the biggest thing is just like doing things on your own because in college, it's so easy to just like do what your roommates are doing, do what your friends are doing. And it's like a collective group. But when you graduate, you're on your own in a sense. And you need to start doing things that make you happy and realizing like what you specifically want to put your energy into. And then what kind of was Katie was saying about friends, I've really learned that each friend serves a different purpose in your life. Like you have your friends that you like to go out with. You have your friends that you like to just catch up with like once a year. You have friends that you just do different things with and it's not all the same thing because I think in college, I only thought that your friends were the friends that you drank with, but you have Mm -hmm. so many different types of friends. Like Lindsay, me and you, we randomly became such good friends and I don't know how to describe our friendship, but- It's so weird. I love it. I'm so appreciative of it. Exactly. So it's just like things are definitely different different but you just have to at the end of the day like think what's making you happy and also begin to learn how to like love yourself even more and like enjoy being alone with yourself and Mm -hmm. have fun I think a big thing that we all do in undergrad is like we prioritize everyone else before ourselves yes so then once you get out of there you're like okay who am I supposed to prioritize because you feel weird prioritizing yourself when you should have been doing that all along Mm -hmm. I mean I was prioritizing myself since I came out the womb but um good for you (laughs) 
answer. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I was you. in college. In college, I was like prioritizing my boyfriend. Like I was like literally obsessed with him, and that just led to a downfall. But that's fine. You know what? You live and you learn. Absolutely. And now speaking of boyfriends, so what are your guys's current relationship statuses? Even though I know them, but they don't. <laughs> I currently, you know, okay, let me just set the ground. Let me set the scene. I think I'm a notorious fuck girl, to be honest. I feel like in college, I would just, you know, have a thing with a boy and then toss him to the side. And then my love language kind of changed once I was dating someone for like two years. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to marry this person. All this good stuff. Then it didn't work out for a couple of reasons, which is fine. We wish him the best. But from that point, I really reevaluated how I act around boys and like showing myself and being more vulnerable. So it was a good thing because I now, I think I share more than I did previously. I think I'm less surface level now going forward, but you know, I'm single. I'm single. I did the dating thing post-grad. It was fun. I dated a couple of people and I didn't really find anyone who was looking for the same thing as me. Like a lot of people our age are looking for hookups and that's fine. Like I live at home, so I don't know where you're hooking up with me at because I'm not going to do it in a car. Like I'm not doing it at a car, like in a mall parking lot. I'm just not. So I'm single. Um, I'm not looking for anything right now. I'm taking the year off and I'm kind of just hoping something will fall into place and I'm just not going to focus on it. And it will because you are, once again, even prioritizing yourself even more so than you were before him because you're really gonna be nitpicking now as you should be. I mean, I already am. Like, my list is already long. I listen to No Scrubs all the time by TLC. That's my jam. But, like, when it comes down to it, I just want someone who I can have fun with who doesn't judge people who's just funny but also driven and, like, has goals and ambitions. That's at the core what I want in someone who's also caring. But, like, being rich also would be nice. Amazing. And now, Vic, are you dating? Are you single? What is the team? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been in a long-term relationship for eight years now. Wow. Yeah, really long time. I know, right? <laughs> <Monogamy>, baby. <laughs> And just some background, we started dating when we were 15, sophomore year of high school. Now we're both 24. We did long distance during college. And I think that's what kept us together. That breaks up a lot of couples, but it didn't break up us. Clearly. And do you think there's been so much more of a change because you were long distance? Like you have more of an appreciation of your time together or you just value things a lot different than how, say, if I started dating someone tomorrow would, you know, like a brand new relationship. Yeah, like my love language is 100 percent quality time and that's Andrew's too and we really value our time together so that's why when he like doesn't see me for a week I'm like uh what are you doing like we haven't had quality time he's like we went on a walk and I was like that's not (laughs) that's not enough quality time that was exercise it doesn't count 24 hours in the day is just simply not enough Oh, I know. I definitely do value like all the time that we have together. So now how did you guys do Valentine's Day while you were long distance? And what have you done since you're not long distance anymore? Because now it's been what, two years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, first off, we don't really do anything like we don't really do gifts for Valentine's Day just because it's Christmas. My birthday's in January and Andrew's birthday's in March. So it just doesn't make sense for us to get another gift for Valentine's Day when that's in February because we also don't have a lot of money. We just agree from the beginning that we just wouldn't do gifts or anything like that. But funny story, Andrew in college was just not the best at communication. He's not romantic at heart. Sorry, Andrew. I don't think he'd listen to this, but if he did, um, and I remember it was like my sophomore year and or my junior year, honestly happened a few years in a row. Andrew just like would not send me flowers on valentine's day and that was like the biggest test of it all and i think Uh freshman year i hated him for not doing that and then (laughs) sophomore year i think he forgot and one of my roommates texted him to do it and it came like the day after 
And then that happened again junior year. So it, it kept happening that he just didn't realize that he's supposed to send me flowers on Valentine's Day. And every year it was just a huge fight. And then one year he was late with it. And I was like crying to my roommates. I was like, I hate him. I'm going to dump him. And then they're like, he's sending you flowers. You're just late. And then last year when we graduated college, it was like the first Valentine's Day post-college. He sent me flowers to work. And I was like, it only took you. Oh my God, he did? Yeah, I was like, it only took you seven years to get it down. And the funny Aww. part of it all is he didn't put his name on the card. So I was like, oh I'm my dead. God, oh my God. Flowers. Like I thought it was my mom and I was so excited. I did not think it was my boyfriend. And I was like, did you send these or was this from my mom? And he's like, I sent them. But yeah, now he finally has it down. It took some time, but I was patient. I also just think boys need to be trained, to be honest. You need to tell them like what you want, how you want it, and what your expectations are. It's kind of like a business deal, to be honest. No, you're 100% right. And I was talking to one of my managers and she was telling me that there's just some guys that are romantic and there's some that are not. And she's been married, happily married. That's just like the thing. Like some guys have it in them and some guys don't. And that's not necessarily mean that they don't like you. It's just it, you have to train them. They don't know that's the right thing to do almost. They don't think of flowers. No, absolutely not. They're not going to cater to you the way that they predict in a movie. It's not love actually. It's not crazy stupid love. They're there's no Patrick Dempsey moment where they're outside your house with a boombox. You have to be a little bit more realistic with men. And if they are that type of person, great. But honestly, I think it's one in a million when you find that person. Well, this is what I think the struggle is. I think the struggle is women care so much about like everyone else. And we're always trying to make sure everyone else is okay. Like everyone's situated. Everyone feels cared for. And then guys don't give a fuck basically at all. No. Except for like themselves. Like they're so used to just thinking about themselves. Whereas women are thinking about like their friends, their sisters, their moms. And they don't realize like, okay, maybe I should be getting her flowers. Someone I was dating we would go get like food or something and be like oh did you ask your mom if she wants anything and he'd be like no why would I do that and I'm like what? Every time I leave to go no, somewhere, I'm I like, get oh, that. do you need something like while I'm out? Just as like common courtesy. No, it's having manners. Yeah. 100%. And I think lately, I don't know if you guys have noticed this post-grad, people don't have manners anymore. They don't use them. I'll be like, oh, thank you. They won't say anything. Oh, how are you? Good. They just don't use them anymore. Wait, explain more because I'm not picking up what you're throwing down. I don't think I've experienced this yet. Well, then you're lucky because I feel like a majority of the time when I'm talking to someone, whether it's a friend even or just a random person if I'm at this store i'm like oh hi how are you they'll be like good i'm like are you gonna ask me about my day i'm not just going out of my way to be like hey how are you it's a common courtesy thing i've always been taught that oh i'm going out do you need anything no one else really thinks to do that anymore i guess maybe it's a long island thing because we're just trash no no (laughs) it it might be a long island thing no i honestly think i think it's a thing as well like i've experienced too where i'll have friends who just reach out and just talk only about themselves and i'm Mm -hmm. like okay are you gonna ask me about me i think everyone in their 20s is honestly so wrapped up on their own lives that they forget that other people have lives and yeah their lives just as exciting as yours and they're doing things even if they're not posting it or whatever they're still doing stuff. So I think, yeah, definitely common courtesy to just ask someone how their day is and how they're doing. Exactly. And I think that goes hand in hand with Valentine's Day because so many people, regardless if you're in a relationship or if you are not, Valentine's Day, I mean... I think it's a cute day. I don't really recognize Valentine's Day, even if I am with someone. I think it's because I don't like candy. And when, remember in <laughs> elementary school? When yeah, when you, you gave your candy little... to your to yeah. the boys and girls. Yes, I, well, I have a lot of allergies, so I was very limited, but I, 
Oh, you couldn't get some of the candy? No, I'm much more of a savory person. I don't like really sweet or sour. If you gave me a Hershey kiss, I would kiss you because I would much rather that over a freaking like lollipop or ring pop. Don't give me anything else. Give me the kiss. So, I mean, that really, I guess, stemmed why I never liked Valentine's Day to begin with. But also, I've just always been someone that preaches, why do you need just one day to show someone, your significant other, your family member, that you love them? Honestly, also, my dad sets the standard for me. I don't know if anybody else's dad does this. Every year since literally I could remember, my dad buys my sister and I a stuffed animal on Valentine's Day. Literally, really? like, yes, it's That's the really cutest cute. thing. Oh. And we're the hot bitches that still sleep with them, all right? So get over it. <laughs> I get together real nice at night. I do think dad set the standard of like what you expect in a guy. I know that's totally kind of off topic, but that totally is because my dad, I hate to admit this, but he like kind of like tries to spoil us. So I look for men who try to spoil me. Not like in a sugar baby type of way, but you know what I mean? Like someone who goes out of your way for you. Yes, exactly. A provider. Yeah. So I think it's really nice that he set that standard. I don't like candy, but I mean, I'm so much more of a person. I think you guys are too, where I just love my friends and I want to show them how grateful I am for them constantly. And I think Valentine's Day is, I guess, an excuse of a day, but I think it's a great way to show your friends off, tell them how much you love them and give that extra love and support to that single friend that's really feeling it that year because people just love throwing in their face their relationships on Valentine's Day, whether or not like people that's what People love throwing their relationships every single day. Exactly. This holiday season, I was getting so fed up with every single person in a relationship posting about it. I'm like, literally F off and like, let me have my Instagram feed to myself, please. And then I don't know how you feel about it because I guess even though you guys don't really go too all out like you said for Valentine's Day, but do you like being able to have like a Valentine's Day or like a day specifically where you're just like really appreciating your friends and everything of the sorts? I mean, I feel like I'm the type that I'm just like, I do this every day. Why do I need one day to do it? But I do like Valentine's Day and an excuse to have like a wine and cheese night. But like besides that, <laughs> I'm like, board? Yeah, exactly. But besides that, I'm like, this day means Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. You do it for like the Instagram, honestly. It's all a show till it comes down to how you feel late at night and how you're feeling. Oh, yeah. Wow, that cuts deep. That cuts deep. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess this kind of goes towards, I guess, more Vic, but Katie chime in. How do you balance your relationship and having a boyfriend, especially of so long? Because you still have a great group of friends. You're still able to do so much fun stuff that other people really limit themselves to when they're in relationships. And how do you kind of find the happy medium of, okay, I'm going to spend my time with Andrew here and find my friends here? I, it really worked in our favor in college that we did long distance because all I had were my friends at college. So you truly got to devote your time to for the girls because guess what? You didn't have a guy because he was away and our colleges were far from each other. So we didn't see each other a lot. And I think now since I'm a planner, Capricorn inside of me, I just plan like, okay, this weekend I'm going to hang out with this friend. This day I'm going to hang out with Andrew. And for example, this weekend, I'm finally, my mom's letting me see a friend who got COVID tested because I'm in like a strict lockdown over here. And I was like, Andrew, like what day do you want to see me this weekend? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just see where the day takes me and I'm like what well I need a plan so (laughs) 
I'm just going to make my own plans this weekend and see my friends. So I think at the end of the day, you just have to balance. And the biggest tool that I've learned is just like be upfront because I feel like I used to be awkward about it and I wouldn't want to like tell my friends like, oh, I'm going to hang out with Andrew today or something like that because you almost don't want them to get mad or you feel bad or Mm -hmm. something like that. You need to be upfront and be like, I had plans with Andrew this day. Like I'm going to see him this day, but I'd love to see you the next day. And that really helped. The most annoying thing as like a single person is the friend that always hangs out with their boyfriend, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, when can we hang out? When can we do things? Like, I'd love to do something with my friend, but if you're always with your boyfriend and I can't see you, it's like, well, we're not that close then anymore because you're always with him. And then also those are the people who like, when you break up, they don't really have anyone because they're putting everything in running back. Yeah, and they put all their eggs into one basket. So I think balancing it and also being upfront about it, being like, hey, like, I really want to see him. I'm, you know, really itching down south to see him so like (laughs) I need you to respect it and I think once you I mean you don't necessarily need to type out a day-to-day thing no offense Vic because that works for you but some people don't understand that it's not as complex as some people make it out to be you know if you're with your boyfriend every single day why can't you give up that one day that one hour even just to get a coffee with a friend or just to be like hey like want to go on a walk you find the time and you can make the time I think everyone else that kind of just does it because they just need to spend every waking moment with their boyfriend is too insecure in their relationship honestly yeah I'm gonna say you're also really hurting yourself because the fact that Andrew and I've been dating since we were 15 like literally children like who were we at 15 like we just are different people now and you really need to grow separately and when couples are together every single day it's like holy crap you don't learn how to grow on your own like I could not imagine only making a decision based on what your boyfriend's doing and that's what a lot of Mm -hmm. people do and I'm like oh you're pigeonholing yourself and then what happens when you break up you're gonna be depressed and miserable and alone you're not gonna fend for yourself what you're speaking to Vic I think is people having their own things like even though you have a boyfriend having your own thing and being dedicated to that. You have the podcast. So obviously you're not going to be up his ass because you have the podcast and you're focusing on that. I think where a lot of girls get into trouble and like I totally did this too is I focused in on only my boyfriend and forgot about everything that I loved. And then I just became obsessed with him. And I, I just like couldn't remember what things that I liked to do because I put all my energy into him. And he wasn't doing the same back. It's just like a waste of time and a waste of energy if that's the situation. So I think still keeping whatever your passions and your hobbies are so that you have that independent life aside from him because then he's just replaceable at that point. You know what I mean? like yourself fulfilling yourself from like things that you love to do hitting the nail on the head Katie Jesus good job that was great I love that but I think all in all what people need to take away is like yes enjoy your time with your significant other your boyfriend your girlfriend whatever you want to call them your situationship we all have those and also find the time and make the time for your friends doesn't have to just be Valentine's Day this just so happened to be on Valentine's Day so three great girls three hardworking gals getting together to know something great (laughs) give you guys more insight on how to be a better I guess honestly friend and how to be able to balance and figure out life on your own and not just relying on someone else I just feel like when you have a boyfriend or you have a someone you're talking to whatever they may be your girlfriends and your relationship with that guy they're not the same and at the end of the day you truly need your girlfriends they are there for you they are die hard and it's just like a day to really value the girls because at the end of the day we all have each other's back you got it sister i love that little point that you made vic (laughs) i mean in the spirit of valentine's day i mean we all can dream of like who we would want to spend it with (laughs) 
if we didn't have a significant other or if we were working on ourselves, but like in a dream world, maybe in a year when I do date one of the people that is on this list. Uh Um, But I thought it'd be fun, you know, to play a little fantasy game of marry, fuck, kill. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. I was born ready. Honest, this is my favorite game. Okay. So I did four little categories. This first one is really dedicated to Katie though. Oh, God. (laughs) This is cleats. So we have Saquon (laughs) Barkley. He doesn't even know who he is. Okay, okay. Bryce Harper okay. and Tyler Harrow. Okay. Mary Tyler. Um I guess fuck Saquon. I don't really know. And then kill Bryce. I don't even know what okay. Bryce looks like, to be honest. Or Tyler Harrow. <laughs> so I don't know. That's my answer. So Vic, for you I have some actors and musicians. Are you ready? Okay. Would you marry fuck or kill Justin Bieber, Michael B. Jordan, or Nick Jonas? Oh, that's hard. Um, okay. I would marry Justin Bieber, would fuck Michael B. Jordan, and I would kill Nick Jonas. Interesting. Okay. Katie, the next one is TV. Okay. So would you marry, fuck, or kill Scott Disick, Tyler Cameron, or Trevor Noah? Oh my god! Okay. Um, marry Tyler C. I love him. Can we throw Matt James in there? Um. Yeah. Okay. Marry Tyler C. Trevor Noah, I would kill and I'm going to fuck Scott. And now, Vic, this one I was kind of hoping would just be for you because this is really like your territory. It's so a sway boy? It has one sway boy in it. It's okay. miscellaneous, I call it. Um, Mary Fuck Kill, Griffin Johnson, Jason Derulo, or Two Turn Tony. Fun fact, fun fact, I matched with Two Turn Tony on Hinge and he messaged me. No, you didn't. You should have him back. Like he was such a dry messenger. So I was just like, okay, whatever. No way, he's from Long Island? No, he used to live in New York City. And he oh, liked me or something. And then I guess he went back home because of quarantine. And then boom. Okay, well, two-turn Tony, he just like really bothers me. He strikes a nerve with me. So definitely going to kill him. I would marry Jason Derulo because Ew. he's got that fat paycheck. I saw that TikTok of like when one of his songs went viral. He bought the bar like $100,000 in drinks. And I'm like, okay, done deal. And I'd fuck Griffin. Do not take my man, Vic. I'm just saying I'll come after you. You know how I feel about him. That's okay. I can I can take one of the other ones. <laughs> but I figured that was fun. Like imagine spending Valentine's Day with Tyler Cameron or with Justin Bieber. Like, could you just imagine what that would be like? I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm I'm definitely worthy, but I don't know how I would <laughs> act in that situation. No, I was saying that too about the week that's coming of The Bachelor because Tyler Cameron's coming. I, that's and- what I'm saying to Vic. We were just talking about that. I, I don't know how I'd handle it. I wouldn't know who to choose from, him or Matt. I think I would pick Matt, honestly. I think Tyler's very full of himself. Um, I agree. I still think Tyler's really cute. I think Matt's definitely had a lot more hardships in his life. And Humble. especially coming from like a single mom and being biracial, he's had to work harder for a lot of things. Not saying Tyler C hasn't worked for things, but I just think Matt's definitely had like a harder life. And I just, I respect. And also he works in commercial real estate. Like I don't think Tyler C has a job. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Well, who pays for that New York apartment? Obviously Matt James is. I don't think Tyler C's getting that much in endorsement deals. Fair enough. That was so much fun. I enjoyed that game. I want to play that game more with guests. So you guys really inspired me with that. But to kind of, round off this Galentine's Day special. Everybody knows I end the episodes with a post-grad doozy, something that I've realized being in post-grad. So I would love to know what you guys have realized or your best advice for anyone dealing with post-grad shit. I think it's okay to cry. I cry at least once or twice a week. 
you have to realize that's normal and you're dealing with a lot of pressure. And also you're working with people who are like 20, 30 years older than you and you're expected to be at that same level as them professionally. So keep your head up. Remember, you can keep doing it. And also, this is a lesson I need to learn for myself. Like F boys, they're fun. They're really fun in college, but they're not worth the post-grad. Like they're just going to waste your time. So just think before you act on having relations with the fuck boy. Love that. And what about you, Vic? What is your post-grad doozy? I would have to say, remember your worth. That it goes for friendships, it goes for boys, it goes for jobs. But just remember who the F you are and all that you're capable of. Because first off, if you graduated college, if you didn't, that's okay. But this is some post-grad advice. You just did some awesome shit. You probably have a job now or you're looking for a job. And just like know your worth. And I think being a female in the industry a lot of the times we let our emotions get in the way or things like that and you truly just need to be like remember who you are and how great you are and all that you have to offer I love that that was so wholesome that made me smile I was like damn I gotta like relook some stuff anywho take that with another postgrad juicy with Valentine's Day and all thank you guys so much for coming drop your handles drop your ad where they can find the moral hangover podcast I want everybody else to continue listening to you guys as well well if you didn't think I was dry and boring during this interview come to the moral hangover and you can hear me a little more hype our Instagram is at the moral hangover podcast we have new episodes every Monday and you can stream them on Apple podcast and Spotify and then do you want to drop your personal socials to get some more clout for you guys? I'm almost slightly embarrassed to drop my personal since I've dropped the F-bomb this many times, but my personal is at Katie underscore Dombrowski. And what about you, Vic? I'm Vic Bruno underscore. And Katie, we curse in our own podcast. I know, but once we were playing F. Mary Kill, I was like, oh, should I be saying this? Thank you guys so much for coming. It means the absolute world to me. And hopefully we can do it again soon for another form of Galentine's Day and appreciate podcast world and girls all around. Well, thank you so much for having us. We had such a fun time. We love you and we have to all hang out soon. Yes, hopefully when COVID is a little better. Didn't I tell you all you would love the Moral Hangover podcast just as much as I do? They're seriously the most amazing girls ever. I look up to them so much. They're a huge reason and a huge factor into how Jappy Jaw became to what it is now and will continue to be from this point forward thanks katie thanks vic for coming on and chatting with me i hope you guys enjoyed it we have lots of great stuff in store be on the lookout for next week's episode and all things guests like ahead but until then make sure you are following jappy jaws on instagram at j-a-p-p-y-j-a-w-s and my personal at Lindsay anya l-i-n-d-s-a-y-y that is also my twitter and my tiktok you know I'm still looking for that fame, holding out for a hero, for Griffin Johnson, and for my clout. I think it's coming this weekend. Also, if you are a Bachelor fan, I highly suggest you follow me on Twitter because my raw reactions are truly one of a kind and much like a 14-year-old little girl at a One Direction concert, aka me. Make sure you are continuing to like, subscribe, rate, review, and comment on Jappy Jaws on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you are listening from. Your support means everything, and I appreciate all your kind words. But until next Thursday, enjoy your Valentine's Day. Enjoy your Valentine's Day because you are that fucking bitch. I will see you all next Thursday. Bye.